Church has been serving the Jewish community with the best kosher pizza in Brooklyn. Delicious and fresh pizza daily. A large variety of food, salad, soup, falafel, knishes, and more. Reasonably priced, kid-friendly, wheelchair accessible, takeout and delivery. Lunch and dinner specials under strict rabbinical supervision. Pizza Nosh, the taste that everyone loves. 718-253-3200. And good morning, uh, Jerud Radio, Jerud.com, Jerud and the apps, and we are with Sam Gindi, the way, the way Parashat Shavua through the eyes of Rabbi Avigdor Miller Zatzal. Sam, good morning, and uh, it's a little bit chilly outside, but a beautiful sunny day, you know, this gorgeous sunny day. of uh, JRU Radio, and we've been here for many years already, and uh, of course we need to be supporting the station in order for uh, the station to keep on the air and to be disseminating the nice culture of Jewish music and uh, pleasant Jewish uh, speakers, Torah, and uh, all the things that they're giving out uh, 24 hours a day. So let's uh, give them a call, give them a text. Send them some money, and uh, we will show, we'll put our money where our mouths are. We will show how much we appreciate all that they're doing for us, and that's really the uh, name of the game. The name of the game is appreciation, gratitude. That's what the Torah is teaching us, and certainly, and these parashiot at the Yesod, the Yesod of the Torah, and that's the Yesod of Sefer Bereshit, Parashat Bereshit, Parashat Noach. These parashiot have the Yesodot of Kola Torah Now, you have to know that... When we go out into the world today, for example, we should uh, notice. It's very incumbent upon us to notice because Hashem put all these things in the world for us to notice. And like the Nisim was saying, we notice what a beautiful day it is, a nice, gorgeous blue sky. Take a look up there. There's a blue sky, and it's also scattered with some white clouds. Beautiful. It's like a canvas. The sky is a canvas. It's a canvas that is constantly changing. And we have to notice that, that the, the, the painter of the canvas wants us to notice that he is changing the canvas, not staying the same things are changing all the time. That means there's somebody changing it. And that painter certainly is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. En Su Keloheinu, and we do, the, the Doresh, En Sayar Keloheinu. Su means there's no rock, there's no rock like Hashem, there's no Yesod, there's no fa- foundation, there's no creator, so to speak. No En Su. En Su, En Sayar, there's no painter. Paint, that painting, that painter is painting a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous painting for our edification, for our enjoy- enjoyment. So go out and enjoy the world today. You have a beautiful, crisp air out there. You have uh, you have a beautiful blue sky, as we mentioned. And uh, now the trees are changing colors. How about that? You have to notice that the leaves, the leaves are changing colors. And they don't just change. They change because they've been, they are programmed to change through the inside of the seeds themselves. They're having them change during the seasons, during certain seasons. And they're changing beautiful, 
from green to golden yellow. Isn't that pretty? Look out, the, look out when you go uh, down Ocean Parkway or down wherever you're living. You see the golden yellow leaves. It's, they're mixed in with the green. The green and the yellow mixed in. It's a beautiful combination. Green and yellow. So when you see them turning yellow, it actually once in a while just uh, you know, pluck one of those yellow leaves out of the tree and take a look at it. Stare at it. It's a, it's a wonder. It's a wonder, these yellow leaves. So we have to try to look into the wisdom of creation. And that is that is the secret. That's how, that's how, that's what Adam saw it. Certainly all the greats of Antiquity, Shet saw it. They all saw it. Uh, and certainly Noah, that was one of the reasons. That's one of the, how, how, how no, the reason that Noah is Sadiq Tamim Hayabedorotab, Noah. That's one of the ways, certainly one of the major ways that Noah became great by noticing that the leaves turned yellow and also that the leaves was green to begin with. And they notice that all the colors in the universe, all the colors that are there, they're being put there. They've been put there for your satisfaction, your gratification, for your enjoyment. And the whole enjoyment is, the main enjoyment is to know that somebody put them there. That's the main, I just told you something big. The main enjoyment of the color and the main hazard of all those colors is to know that somebody put them there. And that somebody is the Kol Yachol. Is all-powerful somebody. So, also last night I should notice last night there's a beautiful sil- silvery moon out there. Now, now, Seuda Shechem. You should lift up your eyes. and you should see those things. And, and the whole idea is that he's, he's putting those things are being put in there in order for you to see them. To you lift your eyes and see them. If you're just gonna keep your eyes down at the down at the at the pavement, you're not gonna see the Sun, the, the, the stars, and the moon, and all the the, the the birds and the and the trees and the colors, and you're going to miss out. Because Hashem said, I "Put them all here for you to notice them." So it's incumbent for us, especially now we're beginning the uh, cycle again with Bereshit and Noah. To start with a new attitude. A new attitude is Hashemayim is saperim kivod el, That everything in the world is shouting, and it's shouting really one shout. It's, it's shouting, Hashem. All of those things are shouting that God did them. Shouting Hashem. So let's let's open our ears and hear the message. And that message is, That His power and His greatness and His kindness are, ful- are filling the world. That and His wisdom. So all these things are something that we have to contemplate on, concentrate on, and that's the way we, that, that is the way we, that, that Noah, one of the ways that Noah certainly became great. Now, now you have to know that we live with the Parashat HaShavuah. That's what we do. Every every week we have a new Parashat, Parashat Shavuah, and we have to uh, have an attitude toward Parashat HaShavuah that we live with it. That, that's, that's, that's our air. And what, 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 is, what are we living with? Well, we understand and we realize that we, 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 we subscribe so that all the Torah is is divine. Torah is mina shamayim. Mina shamayim means from Hashem. Torah means every letter, every word, every verse, every lesson, every everything. It's not it's not man made. It's God God made from Hashem. Mina shamayim. Now that's something for most of us is uh, simple. Spashut. You brought up there. It's in your it's in your blood. But. For uh, many, uh, you know, most, many others, it's not. So it needs to be taught. It needs to be. It needs to be also 
learned, taught, disseminated, digested, and certainly spread out. Spread it out. That's what the rabbi said last night. Tamim. Tamim Hayah, he's got to spread out the Torah. But Noah was a tzaddik, but a tamim at the end of his, at, at the end, he, he wasn't such a tamim, he just kept the Torah to himself inside the Teba, in his Arba Amot, and, and, and his right? And then Hashem, uh, finally told him, Tsemina Teba, get out of here, get out of the Teba, get out of your four Amot, and go spread, go spread your, your genius and your knowledge, and you're not go spread it out to the world. Uh, Noah tried to, but the people wouldn't listen, but he gave up too, too soon, to, as far as spreading it out, as far as, Disseminating emunah, and that's what we have to do in these days. We have to concentrate and, 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 and spreading our emunah, bitachon, irat shamayim, Torah to our fellow brothers and sisters, fellow Jews. So over here, we are thinking Parashat Noah, and 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 and, and uh, this is what Hashem is thinking about. And Noah was a sadiq; he was a perfect man in his generation. So let's think Hashem's thoughts. Hashem is saying, Noach, Noach is Sadiq Tamim. And that's what Hashem wants us to know. He's a Sadiq and Tamim. First of all, we should notice that we said that it leaves a chain. We said that. Okay? And, and this is the plan of Hashem. It's Chesed. To give us the heads up to count the days. That's why the Chesed is that it leaves the changing colors. That's a Chesed. To teach us that the leaves don't stay the same and we don't stay the same. The hair turns gray. And uh, you, you get a little weaker. You can't jump as high. You could as at 50 that you could jump at 30. You can't jump as high. You don't uh, have the same uh, 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 physical abilities. They start to wane. They start to wane. They start to get a little bit weaker. And that. Something uh, things are moving. But now in Aparasha, I want you to notice in the Bereshit at the end there, people are living to. A thousand years, nine hundred ninety, eight hundred fifty, eight, very, very old, like eight, eight nine hundred years old. So they, they, they will learn at the, at the beginning, they were living very, very old. Why was that? Well, first of all, you have to know, Hashem had a plan. And Hashem's plan was an unbelievable plan. He, he, he knew that he created man in the image of God with unlimited potential. And that potential, if given more time available, could reach an unbelievable uh, uh, un unbelievable uh, height, Some unmeasurable height with that potential. The more, but the more time you have to develop it, if Moshe Rabbeinu had one more day, he would have been a different Moshe Rabbeinu, a different person, a different man. That's why he's, it's Hanan. He pleaded and, pray, pleaded and prayed for even another day, another day to do Mitzvot Ma'asim Tovim. That's the idea. To have that other day is to do Mitzvot Ma'asim Tovim. That's why they said that Moshe Rabbeinu all of his greatness and all of his loftiness, he, although he, when he passed away, he was as, as high as you can get. Still, if he was given the opportunity, theoretically, to come back on this earth again, even though there's a, there's a, there's a danger, come back here again, you never know what can happen, he would have taken that opportunity. He would have grabbed that opportunity because he could have become a little bit more greater. He could have gotten, could have gotten a little more emunah, one speck more of emunah hushit, one speck more of real clear emunah, one speck more of yedi'ah is worth is worth the whole is worth is much is very weighty. It's very important. It's very hashuv. It, it could be worth more than all the other emunah with that's not as clear, not with not 100% clarity. That one extra speck that, that that that's how important and great it is, and therefore he would possibly come down theoretically come down to get, gain that extra speck of emunah and more 
more an extra uh, bit of toil of, of get and to do another an, another mitzvah uh, uh, back on this earth. But going back to this question that they they lived to eight hundred ninety, so so Hashem had that plan. However, people lost sight of their mortality. That's what happened. That was the problem. People have free will. Hashem had a plan to give them opportunity, big opportunity to become super duper great. But people said, you know. I could, my grandpa, he's 800 years old. I'm, I have plenty of time to to change. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time to make teshuvah. I have plenty of time to learn Torah. I got another six, seven hundred years to do that. I got what's the what's the rush? And they were mistaken. You don't have to finish the work, but you're not allowed yet. Don't say when I have time, I will learn because you may never have time. That's the idea. You may never have time. And how many people even have, have tried to, you know, let's say they made Teshuvah, they tried to now become, uh, to learn Torah, uh, maybe later in life, and then they ran out of time. They ran out of time. Now, that's not to say whatever they did certainly is a, a, a tremendous thing. But, but had they started earlier, they would have gained a lot more. So you never know, a person never knows when his time is up. So Hashem is giving us the heads up that time is moving, the uh, leaves are changing, our hair is getting gray, and our strength is waning in order to, to, to tell us that, you know, you're not going to live forever. If Hashem didn't do that, people, people would, would uh, maybe not get that message and feel they have plenty of time to, uh, to squander plenty of time that they're going to have more time to be able to catch up later on. So now, so therefore, Hashem slowly shortened the lifespan. If you notice in the parashat uh, uh, Noah, they started to live 500, 400, 300, uh, you know, little by little, a little bit less, until the time when Moshe Rabbeinu came was 120. 120. Alright? So, so uh, another thing we want to notice that in the parashat Bereshit, when they when they died, it says Vayamot. And he lived 900 years, Vayamot, and he died. He lived 800 years, and he died. And he died, and he dropped dead. But in the Parashat Noah, they didn't live that long. And they said, oh, the guy lived 300 years, he didn't say he died. He lived 480, he didn't say he died. Just left it as is. Because in the old, the days before that, when they lived such a long life, it was really a, a pere. It was a, it was a, uh, it was, uh, it was um, not, it was an unexpected thing that they that they died it wasn't something that they expected it was um it was um it was it was a, it was a, it was a, it was, a, it, was, a, it, was a, it was very uh, not expected experience to see people die because they thought they were going to live forever so so therefore it said and they died but later on when they, the lifespan was shortened didn't say any of that because there was something that was more natural it was a shock that they died. That's the that's the word I'm looking for. It was very shocking that they died. So I said by Yamot, it was a shock, a shocking thing to, to, to see. Now the Torah tells us that Hashem brought them a boom. Through the three big sins being committed, you have Shivihut Amim, Ilu Ariyot, the Abu Dazara. That's murder, immorality, and idol worship. Of course, at the end, the Pakeva Patish. The, the, what, what nailed it down was Ben Adam de Chabiro was stealing. Stealing. Stealing is a terrible thing. 
stealing person may be even for stealing you know stealing what's what's the premium of stealing you think that what he has is yours what he has belongs to you but you have to know that what he has belongs to God so you're stealing so we're taking something you're taking your, your, your friend's book or your friend's money you stealing it but what you, you're stealing it first of all you're saying you're trying to say that God doesn't know what he's doing that you're jealous of it. He has it and you don't have it, so you're stealing it from him. But truthfully, you're stealing something that doesn't belong to you. You're stealing something that belongs to Hashem, gave it to him. So you're stealing something, you're taking something that belongs to Hashem. So, anyway, the the, so the, the, the Mabu was brought, Torah tells us it was brought for these these cardinal uh, Averot. However, Hashem created the world with his people, with the purpose of, with, with his purpose, which was Bereshit. Bereshit. Bishpil Reshit. And, the, uh, and we learn Bishpil Reshit. Bishpil Yisrael Shenekrit Rashit. You know, he created the world for Yisrael. Yisrael, that's B'nai Yisrael. That's the Jewish nation. That's called the first. And Bishpil Torah Shenekrit Rashit. The idea is that he created the world for Yisrael and that they should learn Torah. That's the, that's the, that's the essence of creation. That's the reason. That's the reason for creation. Now, 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 later on in Bereshit, it says, This is the creation of the heaven and earth, and I think it's in the Zohar, it says, He created for Abraham. Abraham, that's us, that's the Jews. Hashem created the world for the Jews. Therefore, the purpose of the creation is to prepare the world for Abraham Avinu, the father of the Jewish nation. The whole creation from Adam and Rishon, Preparation for Abraham Avinu to come on the scene. So what did Hashem do? Now we see that Hashem brought the Mabul to prepare the world for the coming of Abraham to sanitize it. Mabul was a was a mikveh. Mikveh, person that's the tameh goes into mikveh, comes out the tahor, comes up comes out pure. The guy's spiritually impure. Goes into the mikveh, touches a dead body, the the, the, the animal goes into the mikveh, becomes pure. So the same way, this the, the world at that time was corrupted, very impure. It did, uh, it did all those cardinal sins that we mentioned. So, so it needed to be purified, to be sent, to be purified, and to be scrubbed. And and Rabbi uses the word sanitized. Why? Because you have a pure person, a sadiq, is going to now walk on this earth. So we want him to walk on not an earth that's 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 uh, sullied, that's tamir. Want to walk on a, on a pure, a brand new world, a brand new earth. Hashem brought him a bull. Hashem is willing to wipe out a world for one sadiq. And on the other side, he'll upkeep the world for one sadiq. One sadiq will keep up the world. And that's the reason Hashem, Hashem is, when you see the world existing, it's existing, even existing because of one sadiq. Now, Abraham, who's bringing up Abraham and his holy work to teach the world about Hashem. That's what Abraham, that's what his vocation was. He went out every day and he said, Vayikra Hashem Hashem. He went out and taught the people that there's one God in the world and that he's kind and he's wise and he's powerful. All three aspects of Hashem. That's what, that's what, that was the life's work of Abraham Avinu. He was very successful at it. Abraham was extremely successful. And he made people. Abraham made people. And there's a couple of ways to learn he made people. One, he made people, Asu, 
that they are said he maybe maybe he bought people he bought slaves Abraham did buy a lot of slaves he had plenty of slaves slavery was uh, uh, an accepted uh, fact in those days certainly and it was good for the slave to, to, to straighten them out they were able to live under that to be a slave under, under Abraham Avinu we would jump at the opportunity to learn from Abraham Avinu to be uh, to be a, to be uh, his student slave meant his student they didn't beat their slaves you wouldn't beat the uh, you had a machine that's giving you money would you beat the machine no you take care of the machine you have a cow that's giving you milk and meat and uh, and, and 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 leather you're going to beat the cow no you want to take care of the cow it's giving you a lot of money that cow's giving you a lot of benefit so same thing a slave they didn't sit and beat slaves the slave is doing them a, he's, he's, he's uh, plowing the field he's seeding the field he's harvesting the corn he's doing a lot of good things that slave maybe he's taking care of children in the house they don't they don't be you don't want to take a you don't want to beat your car Take a get a brand new car. You got to take a. They're going to break his windows. No, no, they didn't do that. This day. Especially not a, not Jews. They don't do the Jews didn't do that stuff. And Abraham Avinu, for sure, didn't. Do he bought slaves to, to change their mind. That was the idea. When he says nefesh, I said asu. Another way to learn it is that when he teach Torah to somebody, you are making him. You're making his soul. You're making the person. That I said asu. They made him. Abraham made the men, and Sarah made the girls, made the ladies by doing that. And how did he do it? He did it every day. He got out, he went on to the street corner, and he called out in the name of God. Hazal tell us the great principle. And no problems come on the world like the Mabul. Now we're talking about Mabul is a big problem. But it's coming only because of or for that vacation, where the benefit of Israel. What? In order for us to make Teshuvah, she tells us. When you see problems, it's for two Jewish people. To make Teshuvah. See problems that you see a flood in Africa, in India, flood in Thailand. You see fires in uh, fires in California, like you're having right now. It's in order for the Jewish people to make Teshuvah. That we should go reach out to Hashem. We should say, "Oh, we want to get better. We want to be sorry." See, Hashem's very Hashem is angry. He brings these things over here, uh, the whole world, in order for us to make Teshuvah. Now, you see over here. In Parashat Bereshit, actually says, And the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the earth. So the rabbi asked the question, what was it hovering for? Why doesn't it land? What's it hovering about? It's a helicopter. The Spirit is helicoptering over the face of this earth. So we have to know that the, the Spirit of Hashem is looking to land. Like like the Mishkan, the Mishkan land, the, the spirit, the Mishkan is the the, ma- the manifestation of Hashem in this in this world. Uh, so the spirit of Hashem is is looking to land. Where does it land? On Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu had his children. Now now we know that God created the Shamaim and then created the Aris. The Shamaim is the whole vast universe. It's, he, it's it's beyond huge. Shemaim is everything. And the Aretz is a little speck we have over here called Earth. That's called the Aretz. This Aretz is a speck of, of, it's a speck of, uh, it's a speck of dust compared to the whole universe. But, but then, the focus, the beginning is Shemaim was a focus because it's so grand. Then we are Aretz. Then, then Hashem changes focus and the Pasuikim don't talk about Shemaim at all anymore. It says, we are Aretz haitato babo. And the Aretz was uh, uh, was um, an upheaval. Tovavu was not in order, not an orderly. It was not 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 managed, I guess. 
Tog or bow is um, out of order. Not not being managed, let's say. So the audits. But then that's what we talk about the audits. And then Adam comes on the scene. Says by Pach Bafam Shmat Chaim, Hashem is making Adam and Sedim B'Tzamo, B'Sedim Mukim Bara Oto. And now Hashem stops talking about the audits. He's not talking about the heavens anymore. He's not talking about the land anymore, the earth. He's talking only, the Torah is only talking about people, about Adam, Adam. That's the matara of the world. That's the reason, that's the purpose of the world. Now, now, at the end of the parashat Noah, Abraham Abinu comes on the scene. And now the Ruach Hashem Merachef, it switches where it's going to land. It switches gears. And it's landing on Abraham Abinu. And now it doesn't talk about, really, the, Torah, the rest of the Torah doesn't focus. It doesn't focus anymore on the people of the earth. It's only focusing on one person and one nation and one family and that's B'nai Yisrael, the Am Yisrael and that's the focus of creation, that's us. So, we see it wide open that 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 regarding the, the Hashivut, the importance of Abraham Avinu who's called Amudo Shel Olam, he's the pillar of the world, as Rambam calls him, he's Amuda Chesed, Amudo Shel Olam. The Prasha opens up uh, the beautiful Pasuk, it says, Ele Toledo Noach, Noach these are the generation, this is the family of Noah, Noah. So, so, so the, the Rabbi Miller used to make a little quip, and he would say, this is the family of Noah, this is the family of Noah, Noah. What's this Noah, Noah business? What is he, the hiccups? Noah, Noah. It should say, this is the family of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Yafet. Those are his three children. That's what it should say. What it should say, it should, this is the family of Noah, Noah. Right? Doesn't make sense. But the big explanation is for all, for all of us that we should know that although we have to certainly pay attention to our families and to our children and raise them properly, no question about that, but the number one family you're ever going to have, the number one child that you have is, is yourself. That's Mr. Noah. This is the family of Noah. Mr. Noah, you're your best own family. You've got to raise yourself. You're the most important Mr. Family. The most important member of your family is you, Mr. Noah. So don't lose sight of that. You have to raise yourself, and from raising yourself, you'll, you'll be a model to your family. And that's how you raise a family. You raise your family by raising yourself. So that's what we have to take, take, take notice of. And then the rabbi always used to bring the Mishleh. Explaining the Mishleh of the famous Mishleh, Hanoch Lanar Alti Darko. Hanoch Lanar Alti Darko. Raise the child according to his tendencies, according to his ways, according to his uh, leanings. Right? You know, the guy was the guy's good in basketball. You don't raise him for tennis. He'll raise him. He'll raise him for the basketball. He's good for the He's good in. He's good in Gemara. Raise him that way. Raise him according to his leanings. Now, now, shouldn't be only that way, but but you could start out that way, raising him towards his towards what he's leaning towards, towards what he's good at. Raise a kid what he's good at. And then you could also start to stick in other things that he's not as good because you want to gain confidence. So he gains confidence. Now you don't have to take things on too tough. You want to ride a bicycle? You ride a four-wheeler first. You want to ride a two-wheeler, he's going to fall down all the time. He's going to lose confidence. He's not going to want to go near a bike anymore. So you have to according to his way. So the rabbi of... The uh, Simcha Zisl would take his, Ramil would show us, and he would take his finger, 
and he pointed at himself, which Nar? This Nar over here, Mr. Noah, you, Mr. Mr. Shlomo, Mr. Yaakov, you, raise, put your finger on yourself, and you got to raise yourself according to your weight. Raise yourself, and then you can raise all the people around you. Now, now, according to this, on the last Shabbat of Rabbi Victor Mill's life, which I was there, I was present on that Shabbat, uh, the truth of the matter is I used to sit right in front of him. But that particular week, for the first time in 17 years, I moved my seat. I moved it all the way to the back of the shoe. That's an amazing story because uh, 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 prior to, uh, you know, on that, on those shiurim uh, on Shabbat, it was the Agadata shiur from the Gemara for about for an hour. The rabbi would never ask any questions. He wouldn't ask anybody to ask him any questions. He would just talk and he would say over the messages and uh, that was that. And um, he, would, he would ask any, any questions from the, from the, uh, from the field neither. But the last uh, two months, he started to look at me and, and uh, set me up and uh, prime me and say, Mr. Gindy, could you repeat what I just said over here? So this went on for like uh, uh, every other week, and he would give me the heads up. He'd wink at me, and he'd uh, repeat it three times, and then he would call on me and uh, I would to repeat what he said. And by and large, I was uh, doing okay. So this went on uh, every other week. Now, all of a sudden, he started to call me Accelerate and call me every week. He was calling me every week do this, and uh, if I was faltering a little bit, he would help me out, he would, uh, you know, jump in and help me out, you know, want me to, to get embarrassed, certainly, and that's how it went, I was doing pretty good, that was fine, so now he's calling me every week, now, all of a sudden, the next Saturday, he calls me twice in one Saturday, two times, in one Saturday, one Shabbat, and right, by that, by this time, I was nervous at, at to begin with, now I was uh, fit to be tied. I was extremely nervous because to have the rabbi call on you is a, is a, is a nerve-wracking uh, experience because, it, it, you know, it, it's a frightening thing. Although he, he he made it very easy for me, still it puts a lot of pressure. When you have the gadol call on you, it's a lot of pressure. You want to uh, you want to make sure that uh, you do it right. And you see that he has confidence in you, you want you don't want to let him down either. So that next week I said, you know, you just called me twice. I can't handle it anymore. Maybe he'll call me three times this week. So I'm going to change my seat so he can't find me. That's what I did. I changed my seat. I sat all the way in the back of the room. And sure enough, the rabbi was not able to call on me, didn't find me. And But the rabbi, what he did was as follows. After he finished the talk after an hour, which normally he finished it and it was just over. He would just say, good Shabbos, it's over, finish, good Shabbos. And he would just... Uh, That'll be the end of it. But this week, he didn't do it that way. This particular week, he, he didn't say, he, he finished good Shabbos, and then he started it up, and he cranked it up again, and he said as following. He said, I want you to know something very important. Don't think you're ever coming back to this world again. This is the best life, the best opportunity you're ever going to have. Make something out of yourself. That was his last message to, to the congregation. And the last time he spoke on a, on a Saturday, on a Shabbat, and he never came back again. He passed away that Thursday night, and uh, that was the uh, last we heard of the great Rabbi, Rabbi Gamilla. That was his message. And and it really, it, it falls in with the way he always explained the Pasuk, Asher bara Elohim la'asot. La'asot means you got to be a doer. Do something with yourself. Make something out of yourself. Asher bara God created the world in order for you to do 
what to do to do something good out of yourself. Make something good out of yourself. Now the question for us is how did Noah become the greatest man in the world in his time? That's the question. How did he become a prophet? He saved the world. Because the Torah is not a storybook. Story the Torah is it's a way of life. It's a way for us. It's a, these are all um, um, directions for us, for us how to become great. How to become approved. How to become Ebed Hashem. How to have Emunah Bittahon. How to have Emunah Chushit. That's the whole Torah. That's what it's there for. So again, we, we, we have to notice what did Noah do to become so great? The Torah doesn't tell us too much about that. They do, they do say one thing. They say, Et ha'elohim italech Noah. It's the only thing they said. They didn't say he gave a lot of charity. They didn't say he wore two pairs of tefillin. They didn't say he ate kosher food. They they, we did one thing. Et ha'elohim italech Noah. And what does that mean? It means, it means Noah caused himself. Hitalech means he caused himself. He didn't halach. He didn't walk. He caused himself to walk with Hashem. Whatever that means, maybe we'll see. He caused himself. So it's like a person prays. We don't say, we don't say pray. It's mitpalel or hitpalel. It means he caused himself to think about Hashem. Pilel means to think. When you hitpalel, you're causing yourself to think about Hashem. How do you do that? By by reading the text. By reading the Amidah. The Amidah and all the other Hadalukot supposed to be when you learn it a little bit, it should cause yourself to think about Hashem. All that tefillah is a means to an end. It's a means to cause yourself to think about Hashem. So Noah had a strategy. And his strategy was to get to cling to Hashem. How did he do it? By thinking about Hashem. Noah caused himself to think about Hashem. So I went to the rabbi. I wanted to emulate Noah. I said, Rabbi, how can I do this? How can I, how can I walk in the street? And how can I emulate Noah? So he said, I'll tell you what to do. He said, he said, think about Hashem from here to the next telegraph pole. Now, certain, first of all, there were no telegraph poles in the street. That's uh, long before my time. And, and today, even telephone poles, I don't, know, I don't even see those too much. But what he really meant was, think about Hashem at least from here to the corner. Or to the corner, to the next corner. A little bit. Think about Hashem. So I tried, came back, and I wasn't successful. So I came back to the rabbi, and I told him, Rabbi, it's not working out, because I don't know what to think about Hashem. It doesn't, I, 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 there's nothing to grasp onto. Hashem is amorphous. He's, he's, not, a, a, he's, not, he's not a physical thing. I, could, I can't grasp onto. What am I grabbing onto? What am I clinging onto? What am I gluing onto? So he said, no, no. He tells me, no, no, no. You can't glue on. You can't think about directly about Hashem. You have to think indirectly about Hashem. And then you come to think about Hashem. So he gave me a plan. And and his, his plan was a was a three-pronged plan. He said, first of all, when you walk in the street, think about all the good things that Hashem did for you in your life. Think about some of them anyway. A few? He did a few things, right? You, he did good things for you. He brought you to your parents. He... Uh, he made you Jew, Shalasani Goy, pretty good. Uh, he uh, put you, he, you have a, a roof over your head, you sleep in a bed. It's good. It's good things. How about all the guys? Didn't happen to you. The other guy, uh, 
got hit by a car. It didn't happen to you. Or the other guy uh, broke his ankle, broke his leg playing ball. It didn't happen to you. So these are things you have to notice that Hashem saved you from. Hashem saved you from. How about the time when you uh, had a stomachache? You didn't think it was going to go away. And it was very painful. You couldn't sleep. And the next, another day, it was gone. How about the fever that you got? Ah, you had a fever, and you were burning with it was burning with fever, and you started to get the chills. That's the worst feeling. You had the chills. That you, you, your hands are sh- shaking. You're freezing cold. You put the, one blanket, two blankets. It doesn't work. And maybe your mommy takes a little, uh, uh, a little um, uh, alcohol, rubs you down, rubs down your chest with alcohol to uh, alleviate, the, alleviate the fever. Maybe she does that. But finally, after a certain amount of time, a day or so, the fever is gone. You see, Hashem saved you from that fever. It left. It, it precipitated. How about the, the friend that you had? You had a friend. Maybe more than one friend. They were bad. Look at them today. They were gone. What happened to those guys? Well, I don't know. They're not learning Torah, maybe. They, maybe they, 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 they left. They went off the dead. Maybe they left Brooklyn. Maybe they, who knows what happened to them? I don't know. But you were saved from them. You were saved from those friends. You have to notice that. When you think about that, you'll start to think about Hashem, that Hashem is running your life. So you had maybe a girlfriend that really wasn't uh, too good for you. You see later on, she, she, maybe she wasn't a good, she, she ruined per- another person's life. But yeah, and then you came to, Hashem, look at all the good things Hashem brought you towards. Hashem brought you to your parents, brought you to your wife. They brought you to your brothers and sisters, brought you to your rabbi, brought you to your shul. A lot of great things that he brought you, brought you to your neighborhood, Jewish neighborhood. You have good health, Baruch Hashem. Uh, you, have, you have some, some uh, money in your pocket. He brought you some good things, a lot of good things. So when we notice those things, it will come to bring you to think about Hashem. That's what the rabbi taught me. So the third thing, that's the second, first thing. The second thing is to think about, to look at, to look at all the, uh, see the teba, to see the nature, to be able to see Hashem in nature, in the trees, in the clouds, in the blue sky, in the birds. Look at the birds. How do they fly? How do they get off the ground? Look at the the, 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 the the beautiful fruits in the in, in, in the uh, fruit store. The oranges, the apples, the the, uh, the lemons, um, all the different colors, the peaches, the plums, all these beautiful different colors and the different tastes, different the watermelon, the the red watermelons and the uh, red watermelons, something to see where's the red coming from? You take the seed, split it in half, and there's no red inside that seed, so you have to see all these miracles that Hashem is. Miracle means it's the wisdom, it's the power, and the kindness of Hashem. When you see that, you'll come to think about Hashem. Think about all of the things. There's no end. Just look at the stars, the moon, the stars, the sky, the planets, the grass, the leaves that we said. So all these things will bring will bring you to think about Hashem. You go to you go to the aquarium. You see all the different kinds of fish, all the different looking fish. Hashem is filling the world with fish for the world to eat, whether whether it's for people to eat or for fish themselves to eat. This is Hashem's kindness. We see that. We'll start to think about Hashem. And this is some of the things that, that Noah did. And we should also, Rabbi said, think about uh, something, some kind of a miracle that Hashem did for the Jewish people in history. So he took us out of Egypt, brought ten plagues on the Egyptians. Hashem brought the man in the desert for 40 years. He fed us. Hashem Split the sea. Then he split the sea. So this is a big miracle that Hashem did for us. When we think about these. He saved us for in history. A lot of miracles. 
But then we'll come to think about Hashem. Now, the question is asked, why had the generation been liable for destruction? Well, the generation of the flood, why were they liable? They didn't have uh, uh, no Torah. And we know in our Torah, you can't be liable if you don't have Edim Hatra'a. You have to have wit- Edim, witnesses, and a warning. So who warned that, who warned that generation? And who were the, were the witnesses? And was there a warning in, in, in place over here? Because if not, they weren't liable for uh, death by uh, by drowning, drowning, death by drowning. So the 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 answer is a very big answer given by the Rabbeinu Nisim Deran. He tells us like this: even though they didn't have a Torah, even though a person didn't learn Torah, he is still liable for anything that his seichel, anything that his mind tells him is wrong. His mind tells him, see, in your mind you're embedded with certain innate rights and wrongs. In your mind, it's, it's, it's embedded. It's, it's, it, it, it's, you're born with a tendency to know, to know certain right things and certain wrong things. You have to know it's wrong to steal. It's not yours, it's wrong to steal. Now, even though you didn't have a Torah and you weren't taught it, it this is something that, is, that you're liable for because it's put in the nature Certain things are put in nature. It's put in your mind also. It's wrong to take uh, to take somebody's wife. Certainly, it's wrong to uh, hit somebody. It doesn't say anywhere it's wrong to hit somebody, to harm somebody. No, you have to get that from your. You didn't have a Torah, let's say, but yet uh, we, we, you're, you're liable for that because your mind, your mind, which is a chelak common mal, it's a piece of Hashem, that will dictate, that will determine, that will uh, mandate that you cannot do those. You cannot harm somebody. We'll do some other kinds of uh, of averot. So over here, we have a Torah inside. It's called the conscience. Called the conscience over here. They didn't have no warning. They didn't have no Torah, and yet they were liable for death. The parasha, the pasuk says, "Shofech dam ha'adam ba'adam damoy shofech." Over here, we're getting uh, one of the sheva mitzvot be'enoach. One of the, actually two, two of the seven mitzvot be'enoach. That we're commanded to do all of all of humanity is liable for do these seven, and one is murder. Murder is uh, is is asur. It can't do. Uh, person can't take another person's life. No person can. Whether Jew, non-Jew, Gentile, heathen, whatever it is, he's commanded by the seven commandments of the Bnei Noach, which is all humanity is commanded. With this, they cannot kill. And not only that, not only can't kill. That's that is one of the seven. You have to have a betin. You have to you have to establish a court system, a justice system. Where how do we see that? It says, "This person killed somebody." Yeah, you have to have a ba'adam with with a person. He should be killed himself. How are you going to do that? You have to have a court system. Give him the electric chair, give him the stoning, whatever, whatever you're going to give him, but it should be done by people, by humanity. So God wants us to, to, to certainly to have a court system to carry out justice, and also to be a deterrent towards these kinds of crimes and criminals. And by knowing that you can't get away with it, there's a court of justice over here that's established on this earth by, by order of God. Now, now. But it's going to say further in the Pasuk, a tremendous yesod. Now we have to know the fact that man is created in the image of God is written uh, at least a couple of times in Parashat Bereshit. 
כי בסדר מלוקים נברא האדם. השם wants you to know that man is created in the סדר מלוקים. One of the major reasons, and now Pashat is going to say one more time, one of the major reasons is, one out of a few, many, is because the whole idea of life, the whole purpose of life is to gain awareness of Hashem, called Yirat Shamayim. The purpose of life is, again, to gain awareness of Hashem. And we got a Pasuk in Kohelet, God made the whole world that you should be aware of Him. When you are aware of Him, you also then have some fear, hopefully, of Hashem, fear of punishment. You should be aware, have fear of punishment. And that's going to keep you in check. It's going to keep you in line. But you've got to be aware. Sheyiru mefanav. Yiru. Yiru and re'eh is the same word. Yiru and re'eh is the same, comes from the same shorish. Resh, alef, hey. Re'eh, yiru. So over here, it's saying over here, shofech and oh. So, so he says over here, the big, big statement. So why is the person going to get uh, that sentence. Listen to this carefully. Wow. So now, the Torah is telling you, you know why you get Because you have just murdered Tzedem Elohim. You have just killed a piece of Hashem. Psh, what a statement that is. Now, Hashem doesn't have Tzedem. He doesn't have an image. But if a person harms a person, forget about killing. If you hit a person, you're hitting Tzedem Elohim. If you insult the person, you're insulting Tzedem Elohim. He's telling you further. So over here in murder, if you murdered a person, you have to murder that guy. Why? Because he just eliminated because, because Adam is made in Tzedem Elohim. What did this guy do? This guy killed a Tzedem Elohim. He killed a Tzedem Elohim. So, so he killed one, hurt his feelings, he stole from a Tzedem Elohim, he, he hit a Tzedem Elohim. Of course, not the, other, the other side is that that's all terrible and Hashem is telling you that important over here in Parashat Noach in the beginning of the, of the Torah because it's a Yesod. The Yesod is that person is made in Tzedem Lukim. If you do negative things to that person, you, you, you're actually impacting Tzedem uh, Lukim. Uh, you're impacting uh, Hashem, so, so to speak. And and when you do good things to that person, it's also you're doing it to a Tzedem Lukim. You're doing good things to a person that is representing Elohim. But I wanted to say new, another idea, big idea, and certainly a true idea, because again, the idea of life is to gain awareness of Hashem. So we can practice and we can concentrate that man is made in the image of God. It takes some practice, a lot. When you go into a crowded uh, subway, or if you go in anywhere you are, maybe sure, you think, look, you see all these people over there, you go to a wedding, see people, you see people, fine. But to think for one second, try to think for one second that these people here, are all of them are made in the image of Hashem, that's going to transform you. Because that's going to make you aware those people are there for what reason? To make you aware of Hashem. Because Hashem is telling you, these, created, these people over here created my image. And therefore they should, for at least one second, make you, make, remind you that, that they are representing Hashem. They're made an image of Hashem in, 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 in some kind of a form of Hashem. And they are all over the place. That's why Hashem made so many people in this world. Hashem made so many people in this world in order for you to gain awareness of Hashem. That's Yirat Shemayim. Now, I have to know Noah, as great as he was, and he was super duper great. Noah was super great. Don't be mistaken about Noah. Noah was, he saved the world. Noah spoke to God. Hashem spoke to, Hashem spoke to Noah. He didn't speak to uh, many other predecessors. Never said, 
doesn't say Vayomer Hashem, even to, to, to Hanoch, who was a great man. But Vayomer Hashem is Noah, and, he, and, and Hashem chose Noah to save humanity, to save the world. He could have chose many other people. But Hashem saved, saved the uh, other Sadiqim, which they certainly were in the generation. But Noah was Is Sadiq Tamim. He was a Sadiq and a Tamim. And he walked with Hashem. As we just explained, he was thinking about Hashem all the time. When he walked with Hashem, what does it mean? He's thinking about Hashem. And he used those strategies and more strategies to think about Hashem all the time. It's always on his mind. That's what's on his mind. Now, now, but he made a big error. Now, Noah ended up drinking too much. He got drunk and he got he, he got naked in the tent. Now, another great man made a big mistake. It's called Cain. Cain was a very great man. Very great man. Yeah, he committed a murder. Was it... Uh, that needs to be understood, certainly. And he paid for it. He was punished for that murder. But Cain, Hashem spoke to Cain. And he spoke to him even after he committed the murder. So, it needs for us to understand, Cain was extremely great man. He was the grandson, so to speak, of Hashem. He was the son of Adam Rishon. Adam had no mother and father. His mother and father, he was created from Afamin Adama. God himself created Adam. So, but he made the big error. He went and killed his brother. That's a tremendous error. Now we have another dead man, great man, that made an error called Uziah the king. At the time of the Malachim, many thousands of years later, there was a king called Uziah, and he made a great error. What was his error? His error was also, he had, he had uh, uh, good things in mind. His, 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 his intentions were good. He wanted to enter and do the, the Abudah in the Bet in the, in the in the Kodesh. So he put his hand in there. can't do that. He put his hand in there, and it was struck him with leprosy. And a person that's a leper, he can't even be in Yerushalayim anymore. He was kicked out of Yerushalayim for the rest of his life. And his son Yotam, who was king in his stead, he had he had a lot of kibbutzav, and he wouldn't sit on his father's throne until his father passed away. But that's not the point. The point is these three great men made a great error. And the Midrash brings out the common denominator, which we have to learn from why. That's the question. The question is why. Why? How did they make such an error? So the Midrash tells us because they were all called Ish Ha'adama. They were men of the soil. They were farmers. Now, nothing against farmers. Farming is a very good uh, vocation, very good profession. Farming is a nice profession. However, it's the, it's the idea of the farming that's a problem. The farmer, as opposed to the rancher, the rancher, he, he like, like uh, uh, you have um, Abraham Abinu, was a, not a farmer. He was a rancher. He had flock. He had he had sona, he had bakar, he had sheep and uh, cattle, and uh, all the avot were ranchers. They gave out sona What what does it mean? It means that they were able to lay down on the grass and think, and think. They didn't have to be on top of their uh, on top of their uh, profession all the time. Because once you let the cow graze, once the sheep go graze, then he does his thing. He eats his he eats his. Uh, he eats his grass and uh, Shalom Israel does his thing, but but the 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 the, the, uh, the farmer is twenty four seven. It's like a it's like a Seven Eleven store owner. It's running twenty four seven, and he's watching the he's watching the grass and he's watering the grass and he's trimming the grass and he's pruning the trees. He, the guy don't stop. The guy's always watching it, and he's on top of his 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 farm and his grass and his his, his vegetables. He's on top of them. And he doesn't get peace of mind. The guy's got no peace of mind. He's never... But the, 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 the farmer, the, the rancher, he could lay down, sit in the sun a little bit. He, like David the Melech, he just 
recline, get the sunshine on you, and let the let the the meditation flow, and you get closer. But the other guy is tarut, called tarut, tirpul de tirda, Shirim calls it. He is he is occupied. His mind is completely occupied. When a person is so occupied, he can make mistakes. He has no time for no. He needs some leisure time. He needs some time to think, contemplate, contemplate the right verities of life. Contemplate. So these people, because they weren't able to have time, thinking time, they made mistakes. Fine. Now, when Noah was naked in the tent, they had a very big opportunity arose for Shem, Ham, and Yafet, his three children. Now, the idea is, who grabbed the opportunity, and what did they get from it? Because that's, life is about opportunities. You don't have, sometimes you get one opportunity in life to do a certain thing. You don't get a repeat performance. Be one time, you get that opportunity one time. Opportunity strikes once, many a time. So we have to be prepared for that opportunity and grab hold of it. And don't let go. You know, people talk to me about that opportunity. I had a great opportunity for 17 years to be uh, a close student of Victor Miller. People, people, you know, come to me and say, you know, how, you know, I'm so jealous of you that you were able to take advantage of that opportunity. You took me to. Uh, to, uh, to, to, the, to the class on Friday nights uh, a couple of times to go meet privately with the rabbi, but I never grabbed the opportunity to come all the time or to, 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 to uh, concentrate more on this, on this relationship. But you did. So, so they felt bad about that. But I, I always said that, you know, how come they asked me, how come I did? Because the, the, the point is when you have a good opportunity, you have a good rabbi, you have a good friend, you have a good whatever the good is, you have to... You have to you have to put your arms around it with all your might and squeeze it with all your might and gain whatever you can out of it because it's all, all of it is a, is a, is a one-time thing. It's a fleeting moment. And we have to grasp our opportunities and make the best out of them, whether it's learning Torah, doing Masim Tobim, improving yourself, whatever it's going to be, those opportunities are, 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 are short-lived. So over here, the three brothers had the opportunity coming up here which is going to determine determine mankind actually. So we had Shem, Ham, and Yafet. Now of course you know Shem wasn't even the firstborn, Yafet was. Shem was put first because of this uh, this uh, uh, story over here. So Shem, because he became great over here, they put him first in the Torah. Then Yafet, then Shem, Ham, then Yafet, excuse me. So what happened was Noah came off the boat and he saw a devastation. He didn't see like the day that we see today with a blue sky and, and and, and, and green grass, like you see today, a beautiful day today. He didn't see that. He saw devastation, flood, water-soaked ground, no green grass, no green nothing. He saw dead bodies all over the place. They all flooded out, animals dead, everybody dead. The only animals that survived were the two-by-two two two that he had on the boat. He saw a terrible world, a terrible devastation of a world, a tsunami that just destroyed everything. So he came off, and what did he do? He made an error. He, he planted, instead of planting uh, grass and whatever, he planted grapes. He planted grapes, and from the grapes, as, as would have had it, had it, the grapes grew, planted vines, and then it grew grapes, and the grapes, he squeezed grapes, he made wine, and from the wine, he drank the wine. It was destroyed, and he drank the wine, he kept drinking, 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 and uh, the inevitable happened. He got drunk from the wine, and 
for some reason he took his clothes off. He was drunk in the tent. He was he was wiped out. Took his clothes off. And this is he's talking about the greatest man in the world over here. It's a busha. It's a terrible embarrassment. Took his clothes off, and what happened? Shem saw Ham. Saw so he took his clothes. Ham was the was the low life, and he saw him take his clothes off. And Canaan was ter- worse than Ham. Canaan was Ham's son. He did terrible things to Noah. Very bad things. And he was cursed terribly. And till today we see that Ham and Canaan were cursed. Those are, that's the nation from Africa. So, so, but but when 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 Shem when Ham told Shem what's going on, Ham and Yafet Shem ran and he grabbed a blanket to cover his father because of his his honoring for his father. He grabbed the blanket, he covered his father. That he he didn't look, and he and he and he walked out backwards from the room so not to see his father's uh, embarrassment. And Yafet when he saw the good thing that Shem was doing, he although it wasn't even his idea, he grabbed the end of the blanket to help Shem along with this misfah. So he gets tremendous credit. It's like a guy went to de- deliver the Biku Cholim packages. Told him he wants to do a mitzvah. He wants to deliver packages to people's homes. And another, that's uh, Jack. And, uh, and, and Isaac sees him doing it. It wasn't his, his idea. But he sees him delivering those packages. He says, Jack, let me help you with those. And he, he helps him along with those packages. He gets a tremendous sachat. So that's, again, when we see, when we have an opportunity to join in on a mitzvah, be a me too, don't, don't hesitate and join in. The reward is is tremendous reward. We see over here from Yefet that he joined in and he 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 got a tremendous 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 reward from joining in on this mitzvah. As it, the, the pasuk says, Yaft Elokim LeYefet Yishkon Belohe Shem. Yefet became the Greek Empire. Came from Yefet. That's Persia. Yefet is Persia. That that's Alexander Mokadon. Alexander the Great. Came from Yefet. He ruled the whole. He ruled the whole world. Yefet. So where did he get that 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 merit from? Because he helped Shem. It wasn't his original idea. Yefet. He helped Shem do a good thing. So 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 Noah gave him a tremendous beracha. When you get a beracha from the great prophet Noah, you can take it to the bank. And that's what Yefet did. He took it all the way to the bank. Even till today, you see. Well, today, Rabbi told us the the, the people in Persia are not Persians anymore today. They were overrun. They were overrun by like Rome was overrun by the Huns. There's no more Romans. Romans in Rome. They were overrun, overrun by the Huns. They don't even speak Latin. They don't even know anything. They don't have nothing to do with the gods, the old gods of Rome. And the Persians, the same story. The, the Persians, the only time you see them, if you get a bulldozer and you dig under the ground, maybe you'll find some remnants of Ahasuerus's uh, temple, and you will. You'll find of, of his throne, of his of, of his uh, giant empire. But the Persians today are Arabs, and they're not, nothing to do with Persia. The Iranians are Arabs. No, there's no, no no Persian culture, no nothing. So we are, the, the, but the original Yefet, who was Persian, he got tremendous merit. And by doing what? By being a me too on a mitzvah. we got to learn from that. And when we see people doing good things, we see our, our beautiful Jewish brothers and sisters doing good things. Don't hesitate. Don't stay. Don't be in bad. Don't think, don't think, don't be a Don't say, hey, it wasn't my idea, so I'm not going to go run and help and do it. No, don't do that. Say, if it's a good thing, I want to go do it. And all you beautiful Jews out there, when you see good things being done by your brothers and sisters, go help them and run and do it, and your sahad will be endless. Have a great day. Chapter 11.